That's such a nice day today. Let's uh, let's film outside. I thought it's coffee time. I know sometimes it's really annoying. You know, we may be out on a road trip. It may be very busy. There may be a meeting or something. But once it hits 3 p.m., I gotta have my coffee, and uh, that's just how it's gonna be from here on out. I don't miss coffee time for anything or anybody. Now I'm a very cool man, and you may be wondering, well, why am I so cool? How come I'm cooler than you? And you know, you don't often see software engineers as cool as me. Now why is that? You know, we've all seen Apple's last WWDC commercial that was highly disrespectful for software engineers, treating them like some kind of strange animal. People who are uncultured, not fashionable, just scruffy little dirty animals who you can feed Red Bull and pizza. And that used to be me. I used to crave Red Bull and pizza. And all you had to do was give me that stuff and I could sit down and code at a hackathon for many hours at a time while everybody else might be out enjoying a nice fancy dinner at a French restaurant. Me, I would be back in the computer lab just working on my code, eating my pizza. Now, I could have easily continued on this path. And unfortunately, many engineers never get off this track. They stay uncultured. And then I see as they get into their late 20s, late 30s, they remain like that. And they never develop culture, they never develop refinement, and they never see that light of success. You know, the tech is a power that must be controlled responsibly, and it can overcome you if you are not careful. A lot of new practitioners, they lose themselves in that process. They forget who they are, they lose their humanity, and this can lead them to being single and lonely for the rest of their life. So there's this image that software engineers need to be a certain way. You know, they need to be hunched over, they need to be like really scruffled, uh, maybe have a beard, and the way they behave needs to be very arrogant, not very sociable, maybe talking a certain strange jargon way. Now, how did I get off of this track? Well, it's very simple. Back in college, I had applied for this ridiculous internship at Microsoft one summer. And during that same summer, my brother decided to go study abroad in Japan. So I decided to apply to, and I would say to myself, well, it depends which I get. If I get the Microsoft interview, I'm going to do that. Otherwise, I'm going to do this study abroad thing in Japan. I don't know what else I'm going to do in the summer. And luckily for me, actually, I didn't get the Microsoft internship. And I thought, okay, well, the next best thing I'm going to do is I'm going to go study abroad in Japan. And what I found this did for me was it allowed me to change my identity. Your self-identity is something that I think is really holding you back in ways that you don't necessarily understand. When I went off to study in Japan, I could reinvent myself. Nobody could say who I was going to be. No one had any preconceived notions of what type of person I was. And nobody even knew that I was a software engineer. Back then, I was the biggest nerd that you could imagine. You know, I was extremely geeky. I didn't care about fashion. I didn't exercise all that much. I just didn't care about anything except the tech. And when I went off to Japan, for me, I found that it was a land of culture, of fashion, and culture. And most of all, it was a brand new environment for me to reinvent myself. This ability to reinvent yourself, I think, is a very key thing. And unbeknownst to you, a lot of factors are holding you back from realizing your full self. Generally, that's going to be the people around you who are reinforcing the notion of who you are, what your limitations are, what type of person you are. For me, when I decided to go off to a brand new country, I could completely redefine who I was. I could say, you know what? I'm going to be a healthy person. I'm going to be a cool, healthy guy. And I could just make that happen and nobody would be there to say, 
Oh, Patrick, I know you. What are you doing? What, why are you exercising? That's not you. That's weird. Why don't you just sit down and, you know, eat another burrito? The same thing, by the way, happened to me when I went from high school to college. Up through high school, I overate a lot. Every day I would drink one Coca-Cola and I would eat a cup noodle, maybe a frozen pizza, a can of chili, something like that. And I would get overweight. Yeah, I just didn't care. My life was not really in the control of my hands. I felt that other people were reinforcing the idea of who I was. When I went to college, I decided, you know what? It's time to get my life in order. I'm going to get things sorted and I'm going to start exercising. And from then on, I began exercising on a consistent basis. In my first year of college, I must have lost like 20 pounds. So this brings us back to the topic of programmers. A lot of software engineers maybe view themselves as nerds, as geeks, and then the industry and society will view you this way too. So it's very easy to fall into this trap. And the key to realize is it doesn't have to be this way. Part of what I'm trying to do is set a new role model for what software engineers might look like, what they may be doing. You've seen that I put out some videos where I'm traveling, doing really cool things, sailing, scuba diving, and overall being just well-cultured. So next time you're in a project, maybe in a startup, and people say, well, let's just get some Coke and pizza and then we can continue working. Push back on that, say, no, no, I don't drink Coke and I don't eat pizza, okay? I want wine and French food. Let them know that you're more cultured than that and that you expect to be treated as such. Now I know that you may be thinking, well I like pizza and I like coke. The truth is everybody does. You know, I'll never forget this funny research I read where they would have a bunch of monkeys and every time a monkey tried to grab like a banana, the monkey would get shocked. And then you have a brand new monkey go into the cage and then it's going to go try and grab the banana and all the other monkeys would try to stop it. And I think it was like, even if the banana was not rigged to shock anymore, the other monkey... Anyway, the point of this research was to show that animals are jealous and they will stop others from achieving higher status than they. And so what you need to realize is a lot of people around you will pull you down so that you stay at the same level as they do. And you know, for me, and I know a number of people out there, maybe you're living with your parents. And that's fine, that's great, and you're saving a lot of money. I'm living at home myself too. But you need to be careful that your parents will always look at you like a child and they will treat you as such. And because of that, it may be difficult for you to grow higher than that. And you just need to be aware of that and make sure that you know what you're doing. Like I, like I know what I'm doing and I make sure that I set my own course in life. Um, like I know what I'm doing. I'm like, for example, I know what I'm doing. Part of what I value is having a lot of time living at home gets me more time because other people will do certain tasks and chores for me. I don't have to take care of yard work. I don't have to paint the house. I don't have to repair it. Other people will help manage that. I get a ton more time. That's a trade-off I'm willing to make. And then what you do need to keep in mind though is that the peers around you, not just your family, but also your friends and coworkers, will maintain a certain identity of you. And it can be very difficult for you to break out of that. For example, if you're known as a very shy person and then one day, you go out and you're really outgoing and friendly and social, well, that's gonna be pretty strange, isn't it? And people will start questioning you. And so then people will say, well, what's going on with Patrick today? Why is he so friendly? I know he's not that friendly of a person. That's a very strange thing to be doing. Now, all that said, I wouldn't just go off and start traveling because the funny thing is, I don't really recommend long-term travel all that much. You know, if you've never done it, then yeah, maybe you should do it once or twice, but the issue with traveling is it creates a false sense of productivity for you. 
you're trying to find out where the good restaurants are, where the clothing shop is, where to go to buy toothbrushes. All of this is necessary and useful things to be doing, but at the same time, it's work that you've created for yourself. There's a lot of time that's being lost. I think the key is sometimes to ask yourself where you want to be, where you are now, and what's stopping you from getting to that point. And if it's people, yourself, your environment, then you may need to think, well, maybe you need to change something about the people that you hang out with, maybe your environment, change the way you think about yourself. It's funny that every time I live in the US, in Silicon Valley, I find that my sense of fashion deteriorates very quickly. You know, it's just very difficult to act cool around here. And even though I'm pretty cool now, when I'm abroad, I'm 10 times cooler than I am now. And I've got really cool haircuts. Then when I come back to Silicon Valley for a while, I was still putting gel on my hair when I came back here. I was still trying to dress nicely. Nowadays, over time though, that sort of just began to wear off. People started thinking I was silly doing that. I felt silly doing some of this stuff. And yeah, some of my cultural fashion sense has just devolved a little bit from there on out. Let me know what you guys think. Give it a like and subscribe and I will see you next time. Bye.